0: We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special, or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the eight-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Welcome to season four of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. All right. Welcome to Adventures in the Holy Spirit. I'm so excited for what the wonderful Holy Spirit is doing in this podcast. I want to encourage you guys to subscribe to this anywhere that you listen to podcasts and give us a five star rate and review on Apple. Give us a follow and a rating on Spotify. You can find it on Google. You can find it on Samsung, on Player FM, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to share it with your friends and family because we're seeing people receive the wonderful Holy Spirit salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit healing and experience signs and wonders. And that's what we're going to be talking today about, intimacy with a wonderful, incredible Holy Spirit. And it's through my new friend, Nathan Harkness. He's the author of the Spirit-Led Discipleship book, which shares his journey of encountering the Holy Spirit and also being discipled by Jesus. I'm about three quarters of the way through It is a personal conviction of mine to read all the way through all the books of my special guests on Adventures in the Spirit. But Nathan is the director of international ministries of Worldwide Discipleship Association, and he oversees the development of discipleship movements in more than 32 nations. That's amazing, guys. He's got Calling to Africa, where he's partnered with Bible schools, denominations, and ministries. He's a life coach. He's a blogger. And I want to encourage you guys, check out this book. Spirit-led discipleship. So help me welcome Nathan Harkness to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Nathan.
1: Thanks, Jared. It's awesome to be here.
0: Well, it's an honor and a pleasure, bro. I'd love to hear for our listeners your personal story of encountering the Holy Spirit. And just because, dude, you share these amazing testimonies, these amazing stories. And I know that there was uh, Brother Lawrence's book, Practicing the Presence of God, that impacted your life, others as well. And this book is kind of like a modern version of that. And it Mm. speaks just in simple modern day terms and vocabulary for us to become more spiritually hungry. So can you share your journey, brother?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think growing up in evangelical Midwestern church, I always was hungry for a God that was real. And it seemed like, you know, people talked about God but it didn't feel like they really thought he was powerful and could do stuff. The only exception to that was the missionaries. When the missionaries came through town and preached, they would tell stories about miracles and healing and God speaking to them. And so I was really hungry for that, that kind of God. But when I tried to practice Christianity in my life, I just ended up really disappointing myself over and over again. So I walked away from the faith for a period of time and then got really broken and messed up and then came back. And when I came back to the Lord uh, at age 16, my mother gave me two books, Heinz Feet in High Places and The Practice of the Presence of God, which was really uh, a Carmelite monk, uh, this guy, Brother Lawrence. And he was just, he was a simple guy. And he made it his ambition to think about God as often. He said, "I, I made it my ambition to think about God the oftenest I could. And so he'd be down in the kitchen doing dishes, just thinking about God, feeling his presence. And he'd go to prayer and he'd think about God and he'd feel his presence. And he said, it's all the same to me. You know, I'm I'm just always in God's presence. And it was so life-changing for him. And I remember reading that and being like, wow, like I could, I could feel just like this peacefulness, you know, reading this book. But I didn't know how to practice God's presence. And nobody taught me how to listen to God's voice, how to feel his presence, how to, you know, ask for his power. And so I went on this journey. Of trying to learn to hear God's voice first. And I started learning how to hear God directionally, you know, go here, do this, talk to this person, and enough to show me that it was real. But then I started feeling his presence. And I started hearing him say things to me like, I love you, like for six weeks, he would tell me that he loved me. And I would say, Yeah, I know, you know, Jesus loves me this I know. And God would say, No, you don't, you don't know that I love you but you will and i just started feeling his presence and i started feeling close to god in a way that i never had before i joined ministry a full-time ministry i started doing discipleship training in africa i had a lot of good mentors growing up and so i started doing teaching people how to do discipleship so africa india and god kept leading me from one place to the next but after about 4 or 5 years i i burned out and i spent about a year at home just really struggling emotionally And I went through this uh, inner healing experience where I saw Jesus in my mind's eye, but very in a way that it felt really, really real that he was there. And I saw Jesus sit with me in this very dark and shameful memory that I had. And he put his hand right through my rib cage and right on my heart in this memory. And he looked at me with these intense eyes and he said, I need you to know that whatever is happening around you and whatever people are saying around you, you are lovable because I love you and you are worthy of love because I made you. And that was a a watershed for me where I understood totally and finally that Jesus loves me because he decided to and not because of anything that I did. And that he picked me out and that he completely cherishes me, completely loves and adores me. And he has the right to say if I'm lovable or not. And so from that moment on, I felt able to practice God's presence whenever I wanted. You know, I would just turn to Jesus and I'd say, hey, Jesus, are you here? And I would hear him say, yeah, I'm right here. I love you. I'm with you. And just little simple check-ins. I started building a muscle memory for practicing his presence. And uh, for the last six years, I have not gone a whole day without physically feeling God's presence, without, you know, hearing him speak to me in some form, sometimes just very simple ways, but very reassuring ways that he's with me, that he loves me. And then After that, I saw miracles. You know, I got a lot of new spiritual gifts. I started seeing people get healed instantly on the spot. Just a lot of dreams and confirmations and just sovereign things started happening. As I just said yes to him every day. But for me, having experienced what it's like to not live in God's presence and then to live in God's presence, um, totally realigned my priorities and my mission. Uh, Now for me, it's not so much like, going out and serving a cause. It's really just about how can I help the person in front of me take one step towards Jesus where they can feel his tangible living interactive presence and know that it's for them. Jesus is for them as much as he is for me. So that's that's my heart and that's my mission. You can hear God's voice and
0: prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created entry-level prophecy e-course on charismacourses.com. Through this powerful e-course, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You'll gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged. Comforted and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy
1: and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy so happy to spend time with them. I'm so eager to spend time with them. I wouldn't just write a book of of principles of, of how to live and just hand it to them and refuse to speak to them. Like I'm happy to explain every principle, every idea, even if I have to say it again and again, that's what God is like. He's just so happy to speak to his kids, but we get blocked and stuck. And so we have to get unstuck. And that's where the body of Christ comes in. We can encourage and bless each other and help each other find out what those obstacles are and remove them. That's where good professional help comes in. But really the Holy Spirit is called the counselor. And so if we learn to engage the Holy Spirit directly on our journey of getting unstuck, we find that we get a lot of help just through our relationship of prayer with the Lord. And he shows us things. One of my favorite experiences was I was having a fight with my wife. And I could feel the temperature rising. And I said, I, I said, hold on, you know, because we used to fight a lot. And I said, hold on, Deborah, like, just give me a sec. And I went out to the front porch and I said, Holy Spirit, where is this coming from? And I immediately saw a memory of walking into my kindergarten classroom and being alone for the first time, my mother dropping me off and leaving. And it wasn't a big deal. But to me, it was the first time that I was away from her for a full day. And so I remember feeling really nervous and alone, but then I saw a picture of Jesus walking in the classroom with me, walking me straight back to the back corner and introducing me to a new friend. And I met this kid named Pat. We played dinosaurs together and I saw Jesus there playing dinosaurs with us. And he said, you know, whenever you feel alone, I'm right there with you and I'm happy to bring you other friendship who could be there for you. And even if there's nobody there for you, I'm there for you. And I realized like Jesus is actually very surgical in helping us figure out where those blockages are. And when we invite him into those spaces, it just naturally gets unstuck and we start moving forward. And after that experience of seeing Jesus in the kindergarten classroom, you know, the pit in my stomach went away. My, the relationship was, was good. There was no fight. There was no conflict between us. Um, and I've just seen over and over again in my life and other people, like those blockages getting removed as we engage Jesus directly with the stuff that's bugging us. Dallas Willard says one of the most spiritual questions you can ask is what's bugging me. And I guess the next spiritual question is Jesus, where are you in the stuff that's bugging me?
0: Yeah. So I'm, prophetic and pray over people and see things and you know I've been trained in sozo and you know just I, I prefer just being spirit led seeing where the spirit takes the prayer and things like that not getting methodical or anything but I've been healed of different things over the years you know I, I don't want to dig stuff up if I don't have to but if if something gets brought to light you know I'll invite Jesus into it I'll ask the holy spirit to show me something but you said something and I didn't know if we would talk about this but uh, early on in the book, you'd mentioned something about seeing Jesus in our prayer time, you know. And you've got a very unique and very simple take on this. You know, some people think this stuff is controversial, but I'm like, but you're worshiping Jesus, so it's not that I'm forcing him in this situation. But it's just he's already there. Can you kind of share some of uh, some of that because some people they're, they're like, I don't see him, I don't hear him, but We can, we have a sanctified imagination. We have the mind of Christ. So can you share about this unique way of engaging with Jesus?
1: Yeah, well, I've, I've seen, I've seen Jesus in my own. No, I've never seen Jesus physically. Uh, And I think that's important to say every time I've seen Jesus, it is through mental imagery and I've seen him in very intense ways in, in very kind of validated ways, but I've also seen other people see Jesus and you know it's amazing i mean watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of watching people see and experience jesus in india and in costa rica and zambia he's the same guy you know and and it just it just builds my faith that he is intrinsically himself he's kinder gentler funnier more compassionate more attuning than we could ever imagine in our best theology. I mean, we could not make the stuff up that he does. And it just tells me that Jesus is happy to be seen. And I mean, gosh, look at the Bible. Like God is always revealing himself in representative imagery. We have the injunction in Exodus, like don't make, don't worship images. Which is, that's true. That's legit. We shouldn't worship images. And yet we have in, in Daniel and Revelation and Isaiah, like God is always showing up. One of my favorites in Revelation is, is Jesus is both a lion and a lamb at the same time. And so there's a sort of a, an objection that, well, if you only see one aspect of, of who God is, then you'll only fixate on that portion of him and not see the whole part of him, but really none of us can see all of God. And, and in the Bible, like God is happy to reveal himself as a lion in one moment and a lamb in the next. And so, so I think it's important to, to say, yes, we have a sanctified imagination, but also we are able to perceive and pick up real things. I like to think of my mind as like a, like a movie projector. So the, the I'm given the mind of Christ and. As, as I'm thinking and meditating on Jesus, he is revealing bits of like code that go through my brain and are projected as an image. And so I'm not saying that that is the only way to see Jesus, you know, Jesus only ever wears Hawaiian shirts, or he only ever wears a purple sash, you know, like, you know, Jesus, Jesus is contextualizing himself for me. And yet I am grasping something true about his nature because he's giving me that, that code that's being filtered and projected in my mental imagery. And I think he's just so generous. Like he's so eager to be, to be seen, to be touched, to be smelled, to be experienced.
0: I I love that. I think that's something that we've forgotten in the Western church is to engage our senses when we're reading the Bible, to kind of put ourselves in the picture and experience it one way or another. You know, like when people read a book, there's your imagination, you're, you're seeing it, you're experiencing it, not that you're really in it, but that your mind is engaged and and your senses are then when they they make a movie of it, you're like, well, um, that's not the way I saw it. Or, or maybe I did see it this way, you know, things like that. But I I think for us, you know, when, when we read the scripture, I like to see it as I'm reading a person I'm reading Jesus you know mm-hmm. Hebrews 4 12 and 13 I think that that points to Jesus the word of God Jesus the word of God so he judges the thoughts and the intents the word of God is living and powerful it's about Jesus so when I'm reading the Bible I'm reading Jesus and I'm I'm engaging with that You know, Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that we should kind of return to, because I know that they do that in in the Middle East. You know, I've been to the Middle East, I've been to Iraq, Afghanistan, Israel, places like that. There are ancient practices that that we need to bring back to our faith, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I read, you mentioned Revelation 1, Revelation 4, the book of Daniel, I love reading those passages and seeing Jesus high and lifted up on the throne. So I want to encourage people to do that. But yeah, and Nathan... at least
1: worshiping, worshiping Jesus. I mean, you yeah. know, when you see Jesus like that, you, you fall down at His feet, you run into His arms. Like, you know, I'm so much more honoring of Jesus, and so much more just respectful of who He is, and also just in love with Him than I ever was before. And the fruit is good. I mean, the principles could not do what a person can do, and the principle-driven Christianity just did not work for me. But Jesus said, I am the truth. And so a big part of me losing my faith in my 20s was epistemology. I, I just couldn't get around knowing Jesus and really knowing truth. But then I saw this bit about I am the truth. And so Jesus provides a relational epistemology where we can really like know stuff because we know him and we know stuff through revelation. And that's how he's designed it. That's how he's designed knowledge to be ascertained. The best knowledge is ascertained relationally, not just informationally.
0: I love that. Well, in your book you mentioned uh, you share a couple stories of how God led you to Africa and then how he you you were transparent even. You're you're sharing how did I really hear God? Did I really hear God in this? And how the missionaries are like this is what we do. We hear God, then we go do it. And then God made some special connections. So can you share that story?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first time I I went to Africa, West Africa, I was in my 20s and I was kind of brand new back from this epistemological crisis. I was in seminary and I was trying to find an internship to do. And I knew about these missionaries in, in West Africa and I'd never met them personally, but I'd reached out to a mutual contact weeks earlier. And I had a dream one night that they were emailing me. And so I woke up and I I said to myself, I think that dream really happened and i opened my email and sure enough 30 minutes before i had gotten an email from this guy john so i went i went to west africa with john and carol and the strange thing was coming from an evangelical seminary just kind of learning about god in a fresh way is they had this idea that if we listen to the holy spirit and do what he says that that's the best way to run a ministry and i thought that is some hippy dippy baloney that is crazy like who who thought of, who put these guys in charge and and yet they were dutch reformed missionaries they weren't pentecostals they worked with southern baptists and these non denominated and I'm like why are these evangelicals sitting around listening to the holy spirit and trying to do what he says like and who do they think they are and how do they know if it's god and so they just encouraged us they shared stories testimonies of really miraculous things that happen when you listen to the Holy spirit and just follow the breadcrumbs. And so they convinced me to try it. And I, re- I, I really had this deep fear in me that God was going to leave me, lead me out on the limb and just saw it out from under me, you know? And, um, but I, I wanted to try it and I was in Africa. And when you're in Africa, things can stay in Africa if they don't work. So, um, so I gave it a shot and um, I wrote down a couple things in my journal I think maybe God is telling us to go here. And so we went to this one place and it was a total flop. As far as I could see, like, you know, we walked all the, we'd spent two days hiking. We went out to this like village. We walked around. We didn't talk to anybody. And then we came back and I was like, well, that was, that was ridiculous. You know, like <laughs> I knew it, God, like you don't speak to people or at least you don't speak to me. And I'm just going to stick with uh, reading the Bible and being a good person. But then there was another thing that I thought God would tell me to do. Um, And so a month later, you know, was the date that I was supposed to go out to this other village. And so I said, well, I think guys, I think maybe God is calling us to go out to this other village. And they kind of looked at each other like, you know, we're not so sure Nate really hears from the Holy Spirit, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. And so we got in the truck and we went out to this village And we, the missionary I was working with was wanting to connect with the the prefect, like the governor of that area and hadn't been able to get in touch with him. And he had called ahead and said, hey, you know, hey, if you're in town, it'd be great to to see you. But he was out of town. And so we went anyway. So we pulled into town. And just as we we're pulling in, the prefect pulled in right behind us from his trip. And he met with us for an hour. He's speaking the native language, and I'm picking up bits and pieces. And he's excited. And through that meeting, like God opened a whole ministry in the northern part because he was on his way to a northern post way up in the north of that country. And he invited the missionaries to come and um, and to share Bibles and um, and to preach and, you know, share God's word in that part of the country. And so it was like this open door that could have only happened on that one day. And so it really got me confused. Like, so my batting average is 50%. You know, half the time I hear God, half the time I I don't or I don't see the results. It, is it is that good enough for me? Like am I can I sustain a life of listening on a 50% batting average? And I realized you know it would take practice to get more accurate. But I went home with this conviction like I I'm going to try to listen to the Holy Spirit. So I'd have my devotions I would, I, I was a journaler and I would read the Bible and I would pray and I would journal. And then I would leave a spot. that would be like, God, what do you want me to do today? Question mark. And then I'd write down, you know, whatever I sensed God was maybe saying to me. And I held it with an open hand and he started telling me to do some weird things. One of the weirdest things was to fly to Atlanta, Georgia. And I ignored it for a, a while. And my wife, who I call Holy Spirit Junior said, you better listen to the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I bought a plane ticket. I flew to Atlanta. bunch of miracles happened. I ended up hanging out with a homeless guy, taking him to church and just wandering around the city with $10 and a change of clothes. I left all my credit cards at home and And then at the end of the the trip, I ended up connecting with the president of a discipleship ministry, and he loved me and invested in me and, you know, spent three hours at Chick-fil-A with me. And after a year, the Lord told me to join that ministry, and I'm still working for them today. So, you know, 11 years later, 12 years later, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in, in over 32 nations, it's listening prayer, you know, it's just listening to the Holy Spirit doing what he says. And and that's why I can't ever go back on listening to the Holy Spirit, just because I know how fruitful it is.
0: I love it. Well, can you activate us to listen to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, so this is what this is what I heard, and I, I like to say this just because I I I think it activates people's faith. When I first started feeling, tangibly feeling the Holy Spirit's presence, when I say feeling the Holy Spirit's presence, people experience that differently. Some people, you know, you might experience it as like electricity going down your back or arms or legs, or it might be just like a, like just a warmth inside. It might be just a peacefulness or just an internal quiet. However, however, the, the Holy Spirit manifests, he wants to do something good in you. It might, it might just be through a very simple transformative process, but the fruit is always the same. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control begins producing itself in your life in proximity with the spirit. They're fruits of the spirit. But when I went through that experience of, of feeling the Holy Spirit every day, the Lord told me that he was going to give me the ability to activate faith in people to do the same thing, to start feeling the the presence of God every day. And so I issued a challenge to some of my friends that I'll issue it to you too. I really believe the Lord is, is raising up people who who don't want to go another day without without connecting in a tangible way with the, with the Holy Spirit and, and who are going to be able to spend the rest of their life every single day, whenever they want, turning to the Lord, the veil will be removed and they'll be able to be with them. So um, so I'm going to pray that for you, yeah. but the, the prayer actually isn't what's going to to do it. It's going to be your faith but I really believe that the Lord is going to be, yeah, just imparting faith. So Heavenly Father, for everybody within the sound of my voice, I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that they would know you better. I'm asking, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the presence of the Holy Spirit to overshadow them right now in a way that removes all fear and doubt, all darkness and unbelief that says you're not going to be there for me or you're only going to be there for me a little bit. Lord Jesus, I speak secure attachment with God the Father through the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. I ask that you would release to my friends the capacity and the ability um, and the faith to believe that you are good and that your plans are good, pleasing and perfect mm-hmm. that you are renewing their minds and that you're restoring them into the original God image of uninterrupted communion that you, the the first people had with you. I bless my friend listening to this to to this podcast, listening to the sound of my voice to receive the joy of the Lord and to receive uninterrupted, communion. I bless them with constant awareness. And I ask that you would pour into their life more and more power, that you'd make them an open and happy conduit of the gospel to to flow uh, the the river of God flowing in from heaven and and just out uh, their heart, their eyes, their words. I bless them to be free, to be free of all demonic hindrances. Um, We stand for freedom we stand for freedom for our friends. Um, and we ask that you'd raise up an army of children um, to, to resist the powers of darkness um, and to championing to champion the playful, joyful, wonderful presence of God in everybody's life so that your the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. We pray all of this in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen.
0: Amen. So once you first started praying, the the picture that I saw was like angel wings and a huge flame of fire within it, just kind of wow. descending upon people. So wow. I hope that everybody receives that in the name of Jesus, the fire of God upon you. Nathan, what is the best way for people to connect with you, but also get your book, Spirit Led Discipleship?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook. My name is Nathan Harkness, H-A-R-K-N-E-S-S. I have an author page set up there. NathanHarkness.com is my website. Spirit Led Discipleship is the book and it's on Amazon, Intimacy and Identity and the Training of 12. And so, yeah, definitely pick up a book, leave a review, shoot me a line. I I love actually hearing from people and I'm I'm pretty good about responding. If the Lord's teaching you something doing in your life, drop me a line on Facebook and I'll respond. And, And I'd love to interact with you and just pray for you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so very much for being my special guest on Adventures in the Spirit. This conversation is why I do what I do with these podcasts. I also want to encourage people. I've got a teaching and equipping podcast called Spirit Empowered Living. It's available on Google. It's available on Player FM and Listen Notes and Libsyn and other places like that. But this is Adventures in the Spirits. It's all interview based with amazing people just like Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit. And partner with us at FirebornMinistries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit.